Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy Podcast, hosted by Pestle and Ed. And welcome to the second episode of the week of the Fields Fancy podcast with the TH Fancy football team. We recorded our shows back to back this week and as we spent a little bit longer on the record for the first show of the week, Thomas had to depart to go and take care of parenting duties. So just Pestle and Ed with you for this show. Are you happy now that Tom's gone, Ed? Is this a bit nicer? Uh, no, I like having Tom in between yeah, I don't, I'm not such a fan. I reckon we should maybe get rid of him. <laughs> okay, let We'll do a coup. <laughs> Tom, if you're listening, this is your notice as a coup on the cards. This is our Heroes and Zero show. So what we're very excited to do is to go through our picks for our hero and our zero. We've got Tom's picks to go through as well. We've then got some guest recordings as well to go through. So some picks from different members of the fantasy community. Tell you who they're their Heroes and Zeros. And then we have, for the final time this season, our heroes and zeros rundown, but this time for the whole season rather than just the week. Before we get into that though, this is your second reminder of the week to please vote for us in the Sports Podcast Awards in the Best Fancy Betting and Gaming category. Uh, as we've said, we are extremely fortunate to have been able to make that shortlist and we are against some absolute mammoth podcasts on there as well. So we would really appreciate your support, especially from the UK fantasy football community. You've been fantastic to us in our relatively youthful careers in the UK fantasy football community. So we're asking you to, a call to arms, if you will, to come and give us your backing and see if we can at least hold our own for a little bit alongside the big boys. We're not optimistic, are we, Ed? But we'd like to make a good showing of it. Yeah, I think, you know, we don't just want to take part. We want to, we want to actually compete. And also our second reminder of the week. We are now imminent, depending when we get around to release this, for a release this Saturday. Go and find it straight away now. If earlier than Saturday, then please wait till Saturday until you heed our call to join up for the 2024 TH Fancy Football Best Ball Bonanza. I'll get Malcolm to us a proper drop for that at some point over the next couple of weeks, I am sure. Our second year raising funds for the Beast and Memory Cafe, a fantastic local charity who support people living with dementia and their immediate families and carers as well. Fantastic charity, isn't it, Ed? Brilliant charity, brilliant local charity. That's the great thing about the fancy community. You know, there's some great charities money being raised for. Uh, and, you know, I'm just happy to shine a light on such a great local charity. Big shout out as well to some of the other UK-based charity fancy best ball leagues that are underway for applications as well. So get yourselves involved in the JTT Cup, organised by Matt Cullen, the Orkney Bowl Charity League as well, and then also organised by Five Yard Rush, the FFCC. Please get yourself involved in as many of those as you can. And we'll say every time we mention it, please donate as generously as you're able to for all of these worthy causes. We were over the moon to make just over a grand last year for the Beast of Memory Cafe. I've set our target at £1,500 this year. I'd like us to get two. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, if we could du double last year's total, that would be absolutely phenomenal and make a huge difference. So every single one of you that signed up to that already or plans to in the future and takes part and donates, you're all heroes of the fancy community. But Ed, I've left us a perfect segue there for us to talk about our heroes from the 2023 season. Right, so... Shall we kick off with Tom's? So, so Tom's left us his note. So, so we'll, we'll kick off with Tom's. Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy. I don't quite understand why he's picked Aaron Jones as his hero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he's for Dalvin Cook as his hero. No, no, Tom's hero is Brock Purdy. And Tom says he, he well, he's continued to be, well, he did continue to be Mr. Relevant with an ADP of 158 going as the QB18 at the start of the season. And again, I think the fancy community, we got it wrong. He's ended up as QB6 overall with some really impressive performances. I mean, he had a couple of nightmare games where he's, uh, against the Browns where he scored 8.7 and the Ravens where he scored 6.4 and that was in week 16. So that could have been a disaster for your playoffs. But if you took him late in the draft, you've got to be really happy. As we already said, QB6 overall, nine QB1 finishes. He's shown he can do the business. Tom says he'll be interested to see his ADP jump this summer. And if people are willing to take a risk on him or still believe it's just the system. Uh, you know, remember Trey Lance, uh, who did well in that system. Oh, God, Trey Lance. Trey Lance. <laughs> so, so many cards you've got. <laughs> so many, you? Oh, yeah. dear. I'm going for a player that I had lots of shares in and he was down as one of our breakout candidates. Don't worry, that will be offset in the next section where my take wasn't quite so good. But a player that I feel is really justifiable as being deservedly a hero, and that is Rashad White. So he went off the board as RB28 around round 6-7. 
The reason one of my breakout picks is because I think it, it was quite clear that he could have a ceiling of around running back 10 to 12. It was quite clear he was going to get involved in the passing game as well. We'd seen a path to that the year before, but I didn't see him having quite the season he had, finishing RB6, nine top 12 weeks. As a flex player, he only had two bust weeks really as well. He had an absolutely fantastic season. That regular passing work, as already said, really helped with his fantasy score. As with Mike Evans, though, he was helped by Baker Mayfield being better than expected. I still stand by. I think that around running back 10 to 12 was a fair ceiling for him. But Mayfield's uptick in ability and production has really helped him. He'll be really interesting to watch for draft capital in the offseason. I think he'll be a value pick as he doesn't get the hype that other people do. Plus, so far, he's never missed a game to injury. So, yes, there are players that are getting far better points per game value, but he's showing he's durable. He's got that passing game work. I think he might be a little bit of an under-the-radar pick, possibly late round three, beginning of round four, and I think he could probably give you really good value on that next year. Once again, we're going to wait to see what happens in Tampa. Will Evans be there? Is Mayfield the person they're ready to settle on at quarterback? There's lots to be decided, isn't there? Yeah, and I think he's someone I'm going to learn a lesson from because I wasn't very high on Rashad White and I've not got him anywhere. And I think it, it was because of the situation. I looked at Tampa and I thought, well, he's not going to get much yeah. there. So, uh, and, you know, as it happens, him and Evans have, have got that production. So I'll, I'll definitely uh, learn a lesson from that. Right, my hero, uh, now I've gone obvious, Mark, okay? So I'll ah, tell you got... Zay Flowers. <laughs> yes, I've gone... yes, I've gone very obvious. And my hero is C.D. Lamb. Now, C.D. Lamb has had a phenomenal season and his ADP was suggesting he was going to have a very good season. So his ADP was just over 12.9. So he was going at the end of the first round. Now, if you've picked him up at the end of the first round, you have had an absolute steal. I mean, he's wide receiver one, and he's just three points behind the top scorer in fantasy football, Josh Allen. Now, I'm, I'm taking into account week 18 statistics here. Just, okay. Just to push him up a little bit more, all right? And that means he's beat CMC, as I revealed in the last show. few stats about him. 11 wide receiver one weeks. That's 11. 14 total touchdowns. 135 receptions. And seven weeks with 10 or more receptions. Seven weeks with 10 or more receptions. He started off fairly slowly. Before the bye, and the Cowboys had their bye week seven, he averaged under 15 points per game. But after the bye, these are his scores. 41, 27, 39, 16, 17, 32, 19, 18, 25, 39, 35. And his average... 28 fancy points per game. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Isn't it? <laughs> 28. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's averaged that. That's over like a 10, 11 week span. It's ridiculous. And when we said where he was being drafted, a lot of people would have gone QB there and taken Patrick Mahomes. Yes. He was getting you nearly 10 points fewer a week. And I'm going to say something quite controversial here. Well, I don't know whether you agree with me. I, as it stands right now, we obviously don't know what's going to happen in the season. I would take him in a draft ahead of Jefferson, Chase and Hill. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it will depend what happens with Minnesota at quarterback. True. But, yeah, I, I think that's probably what we're going to see. Uh, that trend for taking wide receivers earlier. We spoke last time about how much of a difference maker CMC was. but. He was still the only running back in the top 20. That fact in quarterbacks, obviously, as well. But yeah, I think that's a very strong case. I think a lot of people... I don't know that's that controversial. A lot of people agree with you on that, Ed. He's in that, he's in that conversation. He doesn't just seem to have the same gravitas around his name as Jefferson does, does he? No, I mean, Jefferson, I mean Jefferson's been... been yeah, he, he still managed to keep that aura up, despite his injuries. I mean, look at, I suppose, week 18, he came in and had a phenomenal week. Yeah. So, you know, he's that sort of player. But well, on the topic of CD Lamb, if you didn't see it at the time, it's well worth having a quick search on YouTube for the draft night footage of him snatching his phone back off his girlfriend at the time. <laughs> yes. I still like every time I think CD Lamb. Really that point. makes me laugh. So, yeah, have a look for that. But no, <laughs> I think that's true. Like, what was she going to see? Yeah. <laughs> he was really cross. So something, something was going to pop up on his phone. Um, it was like two phones, well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's just not a nice guy. <laughs> but no, I think he's a, a really solid shout as well. As well, I picked from our last show as well. We'll stick all these three out on Twitter. I think... 
Heroes wise, I think, yeah, CD Lamb. He was in the conversation for the MVP, wasn't he? It'd be interesting to see which of these players, if any, crop up from our picks from our guests as well later on. Zeros. I will start off with Tom's pick for zero then. And Tom has gone for Josh Jacobs. So he had his career year in 2022, rushing for 1,653 yards. In his contract year, he wanted some money, so he put something down on tape. And we drafted him highly according to that. So he went 19th overall. I think a lot of people probably felt that was quite low based on what we'd seen the year before as well. As the running back seven, this year came crashing down to Earth Mansion, just 805 yards, so less than half what he finished with last year and finished as RB23, 95th player fancy overall. Five decent weeks, however, after week 13, which was their bye, he totally deserted you, scoring just seven points week 14, missed the remainder of the season, your playoffs. I mean, Zamir White has then shown that there is production to be had on that offense, and he's done a decent job as well. I think it's very interesting what happens with Josh Jacobs in the offseason. Yeah, he's going to be part of that uh, running back merry-go-round, isn't he? And, and I think uh, he, I mean, he's had a really disappointing season. I think he's a great shout as a zero. He's let me down in a couple of leagues. Um, and, you know, another one like Austin Eckler, I'm quite angry at. <laughs> you mentioned him again. <laughs> well, I think with lack of production from some big players, big injuries as well, this season has done nothing to help the cause for running backs getting paid, has it? I'm sure there'll be one or two players we'll have that discussion around over the summer. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I think he got paid at the right time. So I don't think he'll be getting that contract based on what we've seen this season uh, at that position. So yeah, interesting to see what happens there. Who are you going for? Pains me to say it, but I think this is a very good shout as a zero. And it is T Higgins in Cincinnati. Mm. Now, his ADP was 26.3. So he was going round about wide receiver 12 or 13 off the board. Now... I, I don't have shares in T. Higgins anywhere because I was always very dubious about how high he was going as wide receiver 13 because I, I was always concerned that, you know, uh, Chase would, would dominate the targets as he has done. Now, he ended the season as wide receiver 51. I mean, is that, that, is that his last season in Cincinnati? Do they tag him? I think that's, that's going to be a big talking point over the, over the offseason. Now, he has missed six games through injury, but he only rises to wide receiver 42 if you look at season average, so he doesn't get that much better there. He's only had more than five receptions on two occasions, and it, it, that figure was seven in, in 2022. He's had four wide receiver one weeks, which was the same as 2022, which is interesting, and five touchdowns this season, seven in 2022. So there's not been... A massive drop-off. So, again, it does raise the question, why was he going so high? Were we too high on him? As I said, I've not really had that many shares in him. But I think even, you know, wherever, you, wherever you've drafted him, you're going to be incredibly disappointing. It's going to be fascinating to see where he ends up. He's got the potential to be a wide receiver one on most teams. Talent, big tick. Fitness, durability, question mark. I don't think he's got the talent, though, to weather any situation is he's not this year he's not weathered the situation of Jamar Chase taking targets he's not weathered the situation of an elite quarterback thrown in the ball some players continue to get it done regardless don't they I think it's that volume as you've already said getting that volume is what he needs but yeah put him in the right situation with the right quarterback with volume he could end up being a value pick next year possibly yeah there's absolutely you know there's absolutely nothing to stop him being a top 10 wide receiver next year. Nothing at all, depending on where he ends up. But, but at the moment, that doesn't look likely. For my pick then, I wanted initially to go with Dalvin Cook. After everything I've said this season, though, I am now fairly certain he is set to score a crucial playoff touchdown for the Ravens after the amount I've slagged him off. Yeah, he probably of the season, will do, won't he? In the Super Bowl. 100% I'm going to have to cheer for Dalvin Cook now <laughs> and backtrack on everything I've said throughout the season. I, for, I forgot he'd gone to the Ravens. I yeah. just forgot. He's been, do you know, I think that is a good pickup when you think what the Ravens have managed to get out of washed, for want of a better phrase, running backs in the past. I mean, we've said Brees Hall didn't do a huge job running. He did a lot of his work in the receiving game. He's never really been Dalvin Cook's forte. I mean, it's been a part of his game, but it's not what he's known for in the same way as your likes of Austin Eckler, CMC. So my pick, I didn't really have much choice other than to hold myself to account. 
and pick for my zero of 2024, the player I was certain would finish top 12 running back and was my hot take two, as I said, do a Josh Jacobs and be a top five running back That's on the season. Top five, top five ADP of RB19, go around four to five, or in my leagues, end around three. Miles Sanders. I mean, I hate you because I, in a few leagues, I like, you were so convinced. I thought, I think I stretched for him in a couple of places. Come on, give us some details. Where's he ended up? So, a career low in rushing attempts this season, 126. A career low in rushing yards, 414. A career low in yards per attempt, 3.3. He averaged... 27.6 yards per game. Oh I mean, my projection is he was an average at points per points game. Points per week. 1.8 receptions, and we were hoping to see that uptick in his receiving work. And over the first couple of games of the season, it looked like that's what we were going to get. 5.7 fancy points per game. Oh, my goodness. And all of that equals the RB51 on the season and RB58 in Points per game. Just outside the top five. Just, just. In tribute to the late, great Matthew Perry, could I have been any more wrong? <laughs> no, you could not have been any more wrong. For balance, though, not really for balance, because it's, it's only three games, it started off looking all right. That first game, only 11.8 fancy points, but six targets. Second game, 7.7 .7 fancy points. RB3 and I've started to panic a little bit. But he still had five targets, so it was looking all right. Then it all came to plan. He was the RB11 in week three, 17.2 points. He was targeted nine times. He had five receptions. Everything was coming up, Sanders. The end. No more touchdowns. Um, no more games except for one with five targets. Everything else after that was a maximum of two in several games, zero. And his snap percentage dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. What do we think his average snap percentage was over the last half of the season? Uh, 75%? Looking around 34%. One in three snaps, goodness me. I mean, to be fair to you, the Carolina offence has been a lot worse than maybe people even feared. You know, they have really, really struggled to put up points. It's not just him, obviously, Bryce Young. Um, Thielen dropped off massively after a great start. So, I mean, Chubba Hubbard's come in and, you know, done a bit of damage. But, I mean, you know, I, I, I'll stand up for you a little bit. Thank you. In, Thank in, you. in that Carolina as a whole have been terrible. But, yeah, what an absolute bust that is. I think the one thing we were all fairly confident in is that he was going to exceed his ADP. And I know it was a hot take to say top five, but... I say we base that purely on Josh Jacobs had done the exact same thing. RB19 ADP, RB top five RB on the season. Yeah, but yeah, not even close. I, I can't defend it on any way, shape or form. That was a horrible, horrible take. Uh, and I'm very, very sorry to any of you that drafted him. And once again, anyone that plays in leagues with us didn't draft him. No, either didn't, I got yeah, him. Yeah, or I got him. <laughs> or yeah. you going to just to spite <laughs> me. Time for a break. Want to get closer to Super Bowl 58 on game day? Pre-order your official Super Bowl program now. Featuring a holographic cover and unique artwork to celebrate Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. You can have your copy of the official Super Bowl program in time for kickoff. Visit statesidesports.co.uk now to guarantee yours. Viva Las Vegas! To get your reminder then, head over to statesidesports.co.uk to get yourself a copy of the Stadium Edition Holographic Super Bowl programme. Or if you'd like one for free, head over to Twitter slash X and find our pinned post about how you can get involved with trying to win a free copy of that. Or head yourself over to NFL UK Car Breaks on Facebook, where Stateside operates from their car breaks as well. I mean, firstly, get yourself involved in a fantastic hobby and way to spend any disposable income on gloriously lovely pieces of card. Um, get yourself some breaks on there. They're a fantastic community. And also, we'll have some vacancies coming up and hopefully some expansion to our Stateside Fantasy Leagues. There's also a post on there where you can get involved with that. And we'll push that a bit more over the next couple of weeks. But now, it's time for us to have some guests on. So I think we'll just shut up and let our guests do the speaking for this bed. Yes, yeah, some great contributions. Looking forward to what they've got to say. So we will shut up for a while and pass over. I mean, most, we, I mean, we gave the brief. I'll just kind of give a little bit of background. 
We gave the brief to our contributors of can they give us a hero and a zero and just give us a couple of minutes talking on each. And everyone followed that brief perfectly. When we get to Mark and Pew, um, pause it, go and make yourself a coffee and sit down, get comfortable. Bye. I thought we could talk, Ed. Yes, I mean, By God, those boys can talk. They, they could talk. I mean, they're very enlightening. You know, they're, they're, I love listening to the boys, but yeah, they, 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 they do talk. This is what our way of slagging you off to say thank you, Mark and Pew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll shut up. Yeah, and... Thanks, thanks for the contribution. <laughs> we'll shut up and hand over to our guests. It's your boy Dowie from Fields of Fantasy, and here is my hero and my zero. My hero is Mike Evans, wide receiver 32 and an ADP of 76. He finished wide receiver 7. He had 1,233 yards and 13 touchdowns. He averaged 17 points per game. He finished ahead of Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, players you would have drafted probably three, four rounds earlier. So getting Mike Evans as early as round five to as late as seven, you got a wide receiver one. So Mike Evans was the hero for me. My zero was Dalvin Cook. Now, Cook's always been an elite talent. When we all started drafting early and he was still at the Vikings, he was still going round two. As he got dropped and he went to the Jets, his ADP went to 61 and he was RB26 on the board. But he finished the season as RB69 with only 214 yards and zero touchdowns. So for a man of his talent and what he's done over the last few years and where he was drafting him, he's a zero for me. But he has just moved to the Ravens, so he could become Pestle's hero, even though he's my zero. How's it going, everybody? It's your boy, Johnny B, and this is my hero and zero for 2023 fantasy season. We're starting off at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for... RB28 off the board this season, it was Rashad White, who, while overperformed that ADP, finished actually as RB4 in the end, which is simply unreal for anybody that you're getting around 28 in the draft. Now, he didn't start that consistent, but when he hit week 7, he really started to get it going, and from week 8 to week 16, he had 17 points or more in all but one games where he only hit 13 points. And that was the only game in that stretch where he didn't get a touchdown. So, you know, with a touchdown on top, he would have been well within that 17 to 20 points, which is pretty much where he was getting almost every game. And that consistency probably led to a lot of my championship game teams getting through those playoffs and those final wins being secured for some of them to actually get into the playoffs. Now, the opposite to that for me is, you know, an RB28 going to an RB4 um, for an ADP to its actual finished position. It's Austin Eckler. He was being drafted as RB2 behind CMC. And he, out of everybody, is probably the one guy that probably underperformed more than anyone else, I think, within the elite running back area. 2021, he had 20 touchdowns. 2022... He had 18 touchdowns and 2023, he only had six touchdowns. That is the massive difference between both seasons. And you have to expect, I know he missed a few games, but you expect him to do a bit better when he is playing. And actually, I think he burned me quite a bit. And the only saving grace was in some of these Austin Eckler leagues, I was managing to pick Rashard White up as my alternative and, uh, and some of them it did save my bacon. But I think a lot of people would have got burnt by Austin Eckler this year. But lesson learned, until the Chargers can sort out the terrible coaching they have there, it's going to be a team that I'm going to find hard to invest my draft capital in 2024. See you next season. Ta-da. Hey everyone, this is Matt Thornton. You might know me better as Matt FF Dynasty on X. Now the guys have asked me to highlight my hero or zero from the past 2023 fantasy football season. I'm going to quickly go ahead and highlight one of each. I think there's been numerous guys we can talk about in both of these categories. So I'll kick things off with my hero and it's a pretty simple one for me to be honest. If you follow me for any amount of time on X, you, you probably know I'm going to say, you're probably fed up with me to talk about him all the time. But it's a rookie wide receiver from the LA Rams, Puka Nakua. 
What an absolute stud this guy's been. A historic rookie season. Finishes the wide receiver five in PPR scoring. But it's not just that. It's the fact that you either picked him up right at the end of your drafts or more likely picked him up off waves at the start of the year. Giving that kind of production to the team that you drafted. Yeah, he's been an absolute league winner. Probably carried numerous teams to the fantasy playoffs, if not the fantasy championships. And I think a worthy hero from this past season, given the price tag that you paid for him. And for my zero, I'm going to stay in LA and go for LA Chargers running back Austin Eckler. It's been a real disappointing year if you drafted Austin Eckler this season. Like they paid a premium to get him, went off most draft boards as the RB2, RB3. But we've had nowhere near that kind of production from him. Started the year off hot in week one, but then picked up the injury. We then didn't see him come back until after the Chargers week five by week. Came back week six and just never really looked like the same player. And he was the RB27 in fantasy points per game from week six until the end of the year. And because you paid such a premium for him and because of the ceiling we have seen from him in previous years, kind of felt like you could never really bench Austin Eckler and you were just hoping that you get those big boom weeks. But more often than not, Austin Eckler is holding your team back rather than helping it. So for that reason, I think he has to be a zero from this past season. Hey, what's happening, Fields of Fantasy, guys? TH Fantasy Football. Murph here from the 5-Yard Rush podcast, also writer for Fantasy Pros and Pro Football Network. Uh, pleasure to uh, come on and talk about our heroes and zeros. And I'm going to throw an extra one in here as well. So... My hero of the season, uh, for context, is someone who was going off the boards on sleeper at running back 45 to start the season. So running back 45. Um, and he's been an absolutely brilliant addition uh, for fantasy owners and massively smashed his ADP. I'm talking about Miami Dolphins running back Raheem Mostert. Mostert averaged 17 fantasy points per game. Um, it put him right up there as the RB2 overall, RB3 in fantasy points per game. And he absolutely smashed it. Um, was a bit of a hole for you in week 17 if he didn't appear, but he certainly, if you had him in your roster, he was carrying you to the championship game. So uh, massive respect to Raheem Mostert. Uh, was an absolute monster all year. Um, very few. I think he only had three games where he performed under 10 fantasy points. One of those was 9.8 in week 11. So two not so great performances, very consistent in his performances, plenty of performances over 20, 30, and even in week three had a 41 point week against the Denver Broncos. So my hero of the season, uh, Raheem Oster, just in relation to ADP, uh, and, and smashing that and also trying to be a little bit different. My zero of the season has to be Stefan Diggs. Now, Stefan Diggs started the season really well. He opened up with 500 yard receiving games in his first six weeks um, and didn't hit that mark since. In fact, from week 10 to week 17, he was the wide receiver 55. He averaged 6.8 fantasy points a game with just one week where he averaged over seven fantasy points. And that was in week 12, where he put up a respectable 16.4 points. The rest of those were 4.9, 4.7, 4.4, 6.8, 5.4, 5.1 in your championship game. You weren't even starting Stefan Dix at the end of the season. This is a guy who on sleeper was the wide receiver four off the board. You were taking him in you know, ninth overall. So you were he was a first round pick. And he is going off the board as wide receiver four behind Hill, Chase, and Jefferson. At least Chase and Jefferson have injuries and uh, quarterback changes they can hide behind. Hill was a monster. But you look at the players after him. CeeDee Lamb. All right, Devontae Adams may be a bit of a bust. But, you know, the bottom line is there's nothing to hide from. His quarterback was fit all season. It just didn't happen. If you drafted Tefon Diggs, he certainly didn't get you anywhere near a championship game. And he certainly didn't contribute to that. Let's go with my bonus, and I'm going to go with the waiver wire pickup of the season. And this one is really, really close. I was torn both on the same team, but I'm going to go with Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua was a player who just consistently smashed it all season. He had three, four games where he was under uh, 9.5 fantasy points, and most of those were kind of in the middle when... Um, 
Cooper Cup came back and it was kind of easing in. He was up and then Cooper Cup had a couple of big games. But then he sort of really found his uh, position in the team and put up some big, big weeks, uh, including championship semi-final week with a massive 28.5 point week and a very respectable 16.2 fantasy point week in championship week. So really strong finish in the playoffs, really strong performances throughout the season. He was a player that would have easily carried you through to your fantasy playoffs. If you drop some decent fab on him, you've got your return on investment. So Puka Nakua, additional bonus content, is my waiver wire pickup of the season. So congratulations to all of you listening. If you won a championship, it's definitely no easy thing to do. Uh, if you didn't, then make sure you're listening to more Fields of Fantasy content and then they'll help you win a championship next season. Uh, my name's Murph. You can find me on Elon Musk's Fun Ground or X or the Twitter machine or whatever you want to call it, uh, at Murph underscore NFL. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Good luck for all of you this off season. Enjoy the NFL draft. And I look forward to interacting with more of you as this season goes on. Hello people out there, it's Mark and Pew from the Saturday Sleepers podcast. Uh, we've been asked by the boys to give our thoughts on heroes and zeros for the NFL fantasy season. Um, we decided to split it up, so I took the zero, Pew's took the hero, Pew. Because I'm a hero. Because you're a hero. I am the baby. hero of this section. You can take away my pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you want to go first, or do you want to hear my zero, or how do you want to do this? Well, I, I I like to go um, hero to zero. It's it's been a like been a popular uh, theme of my life going from Start hero positive, to zero. And yeah, negative. It, well, that's negative. it exactly. That's what we Leave need. Leave on a to... down note. That's what they say, isn't it? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Just just remind everybody that you're not as good as you thought you were. That's, that's yeah, that's that's, fair. that's what how I like to go. Okay, um, Tony Pollard. <laughs> oh well there's there's the zero. Guess what um, the zero is. <laughs> yeah, so my hero it's a difficult one. There's been a lot of players that have you know made a real standout this year. As soon as you said I need a hero of the season, yeah. Um I thought Tori Kill and C D Lamb. Yeah. Um but again it's very obvious so uh, in true nature of our sleeper um, section you on the field of fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone Cade Otten of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> no, I picked three. I picked three, and it was difficult. It was genuinely really difficult to to uh, decide which one it was. I'm gutted. I've left Sam Laporta. I haven't mm. picked Sam Laporta. Currently top tight end scorer, second round rookie. Rookie tight ends are normally so difficult coming into this into the NFL, and it normally takes them a, a long time to get bedded in. Um, but he has been a mainstay of the Lions from week one, and he's been an absolute beast in fantasy teams. So disappointed to leave him in. My top two, as you rightly said, are both from the Los Angeles Rams. My hero of the season, however, is Kyron Williams. Yes. So. Firstly, apologies to Puka Nakua, fifth round wide receiver, rookie, 25 receptions in the first two weeks as a rookie, which is unfathomable. Record-breaking almost, isn't it? Yeah, he's he's broke so many records mm. in, in, as a rookie wide receiver this year. And I didn't choose him. And I, you looked at the Rams this year, and obviously Cooper Cup was coming back, and you thought, if they if they haven't got Cooper Cup available, if Cooper Cup's not the same guy, like they're really struggling. But he has come in straight away and been a powerhouse for the Rams. I apologise to him, but for Kyron Williams, he was drafted last year. And he was a real, I think he was a fifth round pick last year, a real bit part player. I think he only picked up 139 yards in the whole of last season, in and out of the side. And you looked at the Rams, well, I looked at the Rams at the start of the season and thought, even last season, like, where's the run game? Mm. Cam Akers was in and out, ended up being released. Daryl Henderson was released and then came back. Like, they've tried so many guys. But for Williams to come in and absolutely stamp his authority and his mark on this Rams offense, been so reliable that I think his, his reliability, his performance this year has really helped took the pressure off Stafford and the and the passing game as well a thousand yard season 15 touchdowns 12 of them rushing three receiving even 
I had a spell on injured reserve. Week 7 to 11, he missed. Since coming back from injured reserve in week 12, uh, he's averaged uh, close to 24 points per game. Before and after that, he has been exceptional all year round. The Rams have finally got a run game. It's no surprise that they've ended up in the playoffs. Um, and Kyron Williams is my fantasy hero of the season. Do you know where he was drafted in our redraft league? Uh, was he? Nope. Probably probably not drafted at nope. all. He was taken no. on September the 17th and yeah. then traded to me in November. On the waivers, yeah. I traded Josh Jacobs for him and never looked back. Yeah, um, but he's been he's been been fantastic. As I say, he, he, he was the one at the start of the season that kept put, picking up really big numbers, but people, you know, I don't think people assumed it would carry on. But for, as you say, uh, culminating last week against the Giants, three touchdowns, um, another massive game for him. Um, yeah, and they go into this playoffs with with a, a really dangerous run game, which will which will benefit them massively. Yeah, conversely, Cam Akers went in round eight. You know, yeah, redraft. and ended up and at the up. Vikings, I think, and yeah, not playing right yeah, or wherever he was. Yeah. So, Kyron Williams was injured uh, week... Quite a bit. Week seven to... Weeks, to yeah, yeah, he went so, on IR, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it'd be interesting since, to see what could have happened. Since he came back off IR in, in week 12, uh, it was against uh, Arizona. Mm. He's put up 41.4, 20.2, 17.3. 29.5, 19.4, and the 30.1 against the Giants. Wild, so it? <laughs> yeah, the McCaffrey numbers, aren't they? Do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's become so reliable. Um, and as I say, for that for the Rams, it's it's no surprise that they've gone from a side that not really many people were sure about at the start of the year to to playoff to a playoff team at the uh, in week 18. Talk about falling on your feet, like Cooper Cup injured. Oh no, shit season yeah. going tits up. Oh, it's all right. We've got Puka Nakua come out yeah. absolutely nowhere. Like, no yeah. one had him on the radar, particularly. Looks like yeah. Danny Rockos from uh, Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> they've had, they've had, um, he, he's had a brilliant year. Uh, you know, they, they've drafted really well. Obviously, Williams was last year. Um, but Nakua in the fifth round, the uh, defensive ends that they've uh, picked up in, in the draft that not many people were sure of have been, have been brilliant as well for them. So, um, not fair, really, is it? No, the, what the people draft well. No, yeah, it's yeah. not. No, it's quite mean actually. Yeah. For a side that two years ago, an organisation two years ago were saying f them picks and just draft, <laughs> trading away all their picks for a Super Bowl ring, and now they're good at tra- uh, drafting as well. So. Yeah. Are you ready for my zero down note? My zero. Yeah, let's go. Let's I go. I'm some, looking forward to this. Some honourable mention zeros. <laughs> the first one is probably unfair, but is Joe Burrow. Oh, that is that is oh, unfair. Yeah. I admit that's <laughs> that, unfair, but it's guy's been broken all year. <laughs> He's not a zero, but drafting him was probably a zero choice. It's it's unfortunate. Same as you in our redraft league taking yes. Cooper Cup first round, well first pick last year. Yeah, hashtag lol. Um, that's not fair. Yeah. It's not fun. It's love someone's injury, but yeah, if you, you've drafted him, you're probably a bit gutted. Uh, yeah. Chris Alave is another honorable honorable mention. Oh, it just hasn't. Oh, I like Alave still, though. I like him, but I've gone for players who you potentially had yeah. really high hopes for. Yeah, he's and been thought hit might be it. top five and just haven't hit top five. Yeah. Uh, Ramondre yeah. Stevenson, another one. Yeah, um, good season. This one is is not his fault. It's Arthur Smith's fault, but it'd be Bijan Robinson. Yeah, based purely on the fact that he did a lot. I of did leagues. wonder whether that'd be there. Yeah, he went first round, and people spent. Yeah, he did. Spent yeah, up yeah. Bijan Robinson. Yeah, um, yeah, and. Arthur Smith just went, ah, no, and <laughs> yeah. didn't get the ball. But this may come as a shock to you. Yeah. My choice is Tony yeah. Pollard. Oh, that is a, that is a shock, yeah. No it's one saw that coming. Average of just 58.4 scrimmage yards per game, mm. um, which is an average of 13.1 points per game. And yeah. this is based purely on where you probably drafted him or how many times you paid over the odds for him in DraftKings this season mm. uh, in DFS and it just hasn't worked out. He's still today 6,500 on DraftKings. Wow. At one point, he was as high as 8,000. Mm. That was uh, week two against the Cardinals. His average cost throughout the season, $7,093. Yeah. For a player that's averaging $7,000 to only get you 13 points. Yeah, when you've got the Trey McBrides, who would probably cost you a fraction of that for God knows mm. how long. 
I think I think even now McBride isn't as anywhere near as high as that. It is expensive, but not quite like seven thousand expensive. No. I think. Um, in best ball, the best ball league I'm went I'm in, he went three point two. Yeah. Which is before Etienne, before Devonta Smith, before Josh Jacobs, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Amari Cooper, Debo, Metcalf. It's just Hawkinson. The, the the list goes on and obviously it depends what you need when you're drafting. But he's yeah. gone before some big players there and not. Well, there's quite. a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of running backs there that you know have picked up a lot more points than him this year. Josh um, Jacobs, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. I take all of them over Pollard. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. Etienne, um, yeah. Etienne, yeah. obviously, yeah. In our redraft league, he went 2.10 to me. Oh, really? That's probably why I'm so back bitter the about this. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's why I'm so angry. <laughs> Again, before Josh Jacobs, I could have took Josh Jacobs. I didn't. Before yeah. Derrick Henry, before Debo Samuel, before Travis Etienne, before mm. Brees Hall, before DK Metcalf. Again, these big name players. Yeah. Obviously, the drafts kind of go here and there, but Pollard was on my radar from like two weeks before we even started the draft. Yes. I was like all season I think I'm thinking of him then as we're getting closer to the day I'm like he is my guy he, yeah. he is you know how last season you were like Aaron Jones this is his year and again yeah. you <laughs> fell flat when he's fit Jones is still got it <laughs> he, he was my Aaron Jones so week 8 Pollard got 6.5 points against the Rams mm. uh, in a game they ran away with uh, week 9 9.3 against the Eagles week 10 against the Giants a game they won 49-17 Tony Pollard got 5.5 yeah, fancy points. It's an interesting one. Has he been the victim of uh, the Cowboys' passing game being Lambine much so improved? Good. Yeah, or has he been the victim of that, or is he lucky, He's or are lucky. the Cowboys lucky that they've been so good in the passing game because Pollard's rush, rush game hasn't been as it was I as they wanted. Think it, yeah. The rush game will be the downfall of the Cowboys in the playoffs. Yeah, clip it, tweet it, throw it back in my face when they win the Super well, Bowl. I don't know. Week 15, 7.7 against the Bills. Week 16, 5.3 against uh, the Dolphins. Week 17, 5.9 against the Lions. He's only got yeah. 20 points twice. And that was week one against the Giants and week 12 against the Commanders. Yeah. And when you consider, I've just reeled off Kyron Williams' stats and he's exactly. top 20 points four times in the last six weeks or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Kyron Williams goes off on IR, comes back, scores 40 points. Uh, i tell you another one I was considering as well like when, when you said about the heroes or zeros. Um, Garrett Wilson. Again, yeah. not particularly his fault not because the quarterback fault, yeah. snapped his Achilles yeah. four plays in. But um, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson would have gone very high in a lot of drafts. Um, and, and obviously, again, not particularly through his own fault, but he has been, um, you know, he will have like, let a lot of people down in terms of point scoring. Yeah. You just wanted an excuse to have a pop at Rogers there, didn't you? Well, I did. And also the fact I think I picked Garrett Wilson as well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and then I yeah. traded for him off you and yeah. That yeah. Was that, yeah. For well, a larvae as well. <laughs> good move. Good move by me. That was. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway, that's it from, from us, the, the, the sleepy sleepers, Saturday sleepers. Um, yeah. Back to you boys. I mean, some great shouts in there. Yep. I mean, there's, I mean, a few dodgy ones. I mean, the ones I have to talk. I mean, Burrow is a bit harsh as a zero. I mean, can you? So, well, that's like choosing Danny Dimes. As I mean, a zero. We, we cut to that slugging off Mark and Pugh. Let's let's start again by <laughs> yeah. I understand if you drafted Burrow, yeah, yeah. you've been incredibly disappointed. True, true. But I mean, it's that thing, isn't it? When you look at everything taken into account for lots of these players, there are reasons why. I suppose with Burrow, uh, which gives their case, you know, a, a bit of backing, is that, you know, those early weeks, you would have been playing him and he yep. was awful. And, you know, it's not just like, uh, you know, he's had a season-ended injury. At that point, you would have dropped him and got someone yeah. else in. But if you were playing him, you'd have been so disappointed. I think he's one of those players where when you're watching the games on Sunday and you're tracking your fantasy scores, at that point, you don't go, oh, poor Joe Burrow. He's, what a horrible thing for him to have to go through his injury when he wants to just be elite and do well for his team. He's a stupid idiot who should be playing properly because I want some points in my fantasy team <laughs> yes, so yeah. I, can beat, I can win my matchup that week. Alave, I thought it was a little bit hard. He's not been what we expected, though. No, you really, say, you really thought you'd have a big breakout, but he still had a solid season. I think season. we've seen signs that justify why I was saying that it's the regularity because he's in QB play. I think he will still be a, a great player moving forward. I say disappointing though, certainly. Kyron Williams, great shout as a hero. We've not mentioned him much. Yeah, so some crossover in there. I mean, Eckler, 
Yeah. You'll be quite glad they got some mentions as a zero, Ed. Yeah, and, and you know, the, but he's got competition, hasn't he? Tony Pollard is someone that, you know, hasn't really come into conversation. But I mean, he had a few decent weeks. Uh, we were talking about would you drop him? And of course, he had a couple of good yeah. weeks. Um, but but yeah, he's in there as well. Uh, you know, Diggs got a mention, didn't he? So yeah, lo- lots of similar names, but a few different ones thrown into the mix as well. I think Raheem Mostert, someone that I'd gone to as that surprise star, absolutely agree with Murph there, arguing for him to be a hero as well. I don't think you can dispute that. Dowie's right, I will be turning on a sixpence and singing the praise of Dalvin Cook at some point during the playoffs. <laughs> I am, well, I say I'm sure, I am hopeful of. It will be, you say it won't be bittersweet if he scores a touchdown to win the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah. I, will oh, quite, shucks, yeah. I will quite happily deny, deny, deny. I always saw it coming. <laughs> Give me a D. Give me an A. <laughs> uh, Bijan, I think, is an interesting point as well. Yeah. Now, I think for some people, he is completely a fair shout for being a zero. But he's, but a, he's a top 10 running back. He's done exactly what we said. We said that we saw him being that fringe kind of top 10 sort of area. So he finished RB9. I think that's what we were expecting. And it's the exact reason why we were out on him as a round one pick. But I'm sure people do the exact same. I'm sure we will do the same. You get carried away in draft season. I think we've seen enough. I mean, especially we, Casey, he had that fantastic breakaway touchdown. Plus, who's been fired. Oh, such good news. <laughs> yeah. I saw, a, I can't remember who it was to give credit to, but someone who put a tweet out yesterday saying it's no one ever likes to see someone lose their job. It's always sad, but show me a single person who is sad to see Arthur Smith being sacked. And the only two replies I saw were gifts of Jonu Smith and Tyler Algier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure both of them are a little bit panicked about their job security now, but hopefully we get the Bijan we deserve Ed next season. I think he will probably go about the same place in drafts, especially Dynasty because we've seen the potential and people want to be proven right with their takes from the season, won't they? So thank you very much to all of our contributors there. Thank you to Mark and Pugh. Thank you to our bosses, our employers at Fields of Fantasy. Thanks to Johnny B and Dowie. Uh, Thank you very much to Murph and Matt FF Dynasty. I really appreciate the contributions. And I mean, obviously, the Fields of Fantasy boys are regularly on the show. Matt FF Dynasty and Murph, you're working your way, gents, to being friends of the show. We set it at three, don't three, we, for that? Three, three for friends three. of the show. Three, so yeah, friends of the show. I think we've got Rich in there still as friend of the show. Rich was away, so he wasn't able to contribute as he's always uh, kind of jumps in. So yeah, Murph, Matt, FF Dynasty. If you're listening, you best be listening. If you're <laughs> listening, one more time, we'll give you, we'll get some t-shirts made up with friends of the show. <laughs> like you're, in between us style, you're, friends you're, t-shirts. You'll pay for those. Okay. <laughs> Stateside Millions. Oh yeah, the, the sponsorship money will come Oh yeah, in. yeah. So yeah, thank you very much, guys. We really, really appreciate you doing that. Um, And as we've said previously, we really appreciate the support we've been given over the course of this year and well, shows last year as well from the UK fantasy football community. Is that it, Ed? Or do we have one last little gem to finish off on? Oh, it's the thing that's made us (laughs) award-winning. Oh, no. Award-winning? You? I've cursed it. I knew we got too big for our boots. I've cursed it. (laughs) Award-nominated. I mean, we nominated ourselves. The judging panel shortlisted us. (laughs) So for one last time this season, rather than our weekly Heroes and Zeros, let's go for our season-ending Heroes and Zeros. Malcolm, one last time, take it away. Fantasy Heroes. Tampa were going to do nothing on offense. Well, nobody told Rashad White. Some predicted a breakout season, but RB5 was fantasy football. CD Lamb was no sheep as the wide receiver pack followed him. Wide receiver one on the season by a distance and active in every game. Is Puka the best ever rookie wide receiver? Stats seem to suggest so. He certainly won't be going undrafted by fancy managers next season. Kyron Williams was the running back we needed with so many injuries early in the season. Consistency personified in 2023. Sam Laporta has roared into the limelight in Detroit. Tight end one in season one is nothing short of miraculous. An absolute superstar. And our main event, run CMC. Of course he will. For just under one and a half thousand yards and 14 touchdowns. The undisputed king of fancy football in 2023.
Fantasy Zeros. It's been out of the fryer into the fire of fancy oblivion for Pat's fancy owners. A disastrous season. Titan 30. Patrick Mahomes couldn't catch a break and his wide receivers couldn't catch his passes. If you drafted him, he cost you this season. More than just hiccups for Higgins in 2023, outside the top 50 of wide receivers. Sanders finished miles off RB1 pace and I guaranteed it. Loyal listeners, you have my apologies. Last year's fancy cheat code, Austin Eckler, is this year's complex conundrum. If he was your first round pick, I share your pain. We are... Many, many months from being able to do that again, Edward. Oh, we are, aren't we? Oh, Should we just makes... do it for other things? <laughs> yeah, that makes me really sad. Um, if you've got any ideas for heroes or zeros from any sector of the entertainment industry or beyond, let us know, because I think we're going to be bored of not writing puns for a little while. We are, we are. I am hoping for some rookies with some exceptional pun-worthy names to come in, though. Just freshen up the feature for next season. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully Derek Henry has a good season. I can do the only fools of horses. Oh, yeah, I, do, yeah. I do hope so, because that was really, really good. <laughs> That is us then for our end of season shows. We will be back next week. We're not sure what we'll be talking about. I think we said we'll have a look maybe at some of our poor choices or our excellent choices from the season when it comes to waiver pickups, trades, etc. Let's just talk about fancy football. Should we do just that? Chat, just chat generally about <laughs> yeah, fancy. Have a, have a chat. We'll just have some chat. And we'll also let you know the outcomes of our polls for our picks for our heroes and zeros, our surprise stars, etc. from the shows this week. One final time though. Please, 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 please. On Saturday morning, or if it is past Saturday, go and do it straight away now. Get yourself signed up to the TH Fantasy Football Best Ball Bonanza 2024, raising money for Beast and Memory Cafe. We will be pushing that now for the next few months. Yeah, I think it's going to be a full-time job. And the Sports Podcast Awards votes are open for a couple of weeks, so we will do full transition, do double time on the Best Ball Bonanza once that is up. But for us, that is all. We will be back with you next week. Anything else, Ed? I think it's just time for Malcolm. Take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.